Welcome to Agency for Change, the podcast that brings you the stories of people creating positive change in the world. We explore what inspires these change makers, the work they're doing, and how they share their message. Each of us can play a part in change, and these are the people who show us how. Hello, listeners. In honor and celebration of Pride Month, we are re-airing this amazing Agency for Change podcast featuring Abby Swatsworth about Nebraska. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer Pride Month is celebrated each year in the month of June to honor the 1969 Stonewall Uprising in Manhattan, the tipping point for the gay liberation movement in the United States. Today, LGBTQ plus Pride Month events include parades, picnics, and now podcasts. Thank you for joining us to recognize and celebrate the impact that lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender individuals have and will continue to have on history locally, nationally, and internationally. Abby, how are you today? I'm good today, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be really fun. It's going to be great. I can't wait. So Abby, Out Nebraska has been around for more than 10 years. Can you tell me about your organization's vision for the next 10 years? Oh my gosh. Wouldn't it be amazing if Nebraska was known across the United States as being a fully inclusive state and every LGBTQ plus person who lived here felt like they could live their full authentic lives in their communities wherever they live. I agree. Wouldn't that be great? And I want to be here to see that happen. And I think, Abby, you are going to make that happen. I don't know. That's a big vision. And <laughs> it's a big vision, but I think you have big vision. And that's what I, I love about you. We mentioned some powerful statistics about LGBTQ Americans in our opening comments. Can you talk about how this specifically affects people in Nebraska? Sure. You know, one myth that I would like to dispel is the idea that LGBTQ Nebraskans only live in our metro areas, right? Like everyone that identifies on the LGBTQ plus spectrum only lives in Lincoln or Omaha. And we know that's not true. We live all over the state. There are plenty of people living in the rural areas of Nebraska who identify as LGBTQ plus. And so what we are hearing from them is that they are in a lot of instances afraid to live their authentic lives. They are not necessarily out and proud of their identity because they fear discrimination. And for folks who are out, they are experiencing discrimination. And we, we always talk about how Nebraska is such a nice, friendly state, and I'm not saying that's not true. We are friendly people. But I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about LGBTQ plus identities. And so folks can experience discrimination through things like being called names, derogatory language, hostile service in a restaurant, 
Also, we see it a lot in healthcare, unfortunately, that people are experiencing discrimination in healthcare settings, which is really hard, especially for folks in our rural areas where they don't have a lot of choices for where they can seek uh, medical care. Absolutely. And especially during this time right now with the pandemic, healthcare is so important for everyone. Yeah. So I know that that's all, everything that you said is hard to hear, <laughs> but what is great about it is that out Nebraska is making positive change for people in the metro and for people uh, in the rural areas as well. So Abby, how has the work of Out Nebraska created positive change for LGBTQ plus people in our state? I think one of the ways that's probably biggest right now is that by being an organization that puts ourselves out there to say we're representing LGBTQ Nebraskans, we have sort of just elevated the visibility of our community overall. We do advocate at the Capitol and talk with senators about LGBTQ plus constituents. And I know that there are some policymakers who don't understand that they have LGBTQ constituents, right? That everyone is in the metro areas. And so we're really trying to to elevate the visibility of the community, to say we live everywhere, that we are your neighbors and friends, and that we're trying to talk with different policymakers about changes that we can make in policy that will improve lives. We're also just trying to activate the community in ways where we're helping them advocate for themselves which is not something everyone feels comfortable doing. It's, it can be scary to be a part of the policymaking process to reach out to your senator. And so we're trying to educate the community about how to be engaged and what that looks like and why it makes a difference, right? Harvey Milk, who was unfortunately assassinated, was a really big proponent of the idea that coming out changes hearts and minds, right? The idea of living your full authentic life in a public way can help people to know that LGBTQ folks are your neighbors, right? Like we live next door, we shop in the same grocery stores, we have the same kind of, you know, the idea that there's a, a, a gay agenda Really, sometimes that agenda is, you know, buy milk, pick the kids up from school, <laughs> and help them with homework. Sometimes the agenda is broaden perspectives on equality. And, and the thing about it is, is that equality should always be a nonpartisan issue, right? Especially in Nebraska. So I feel like I'm rambling on that answer, but that those are well, some I think of it's a great answer. Uh yeah. And I know that you talked about in your previous comments about people in the rural areas and that you're saying we want to be visible as an organization and that you want to, if maybe someone out in a rural area of Nebraska isn't as comfortable 
voicing what they need to voice that you can act as that voice for them. And I think that's one of the things that Out Nebraska does extremely well and what you're bringing to all Nebraskans so that they are aware about the equality issue, I think is just amazing because every we, we are all neighbors. And I loved your example of saying, hey, we're just going to the store and getting the things we need too, just like everybody else. There is so much same uh, about how we live, every, how everyone lives, but even how Nebraskans live. Can you talk about the impact of your work that you've seen firsthand? Yeah, absolutely. So pre-COVID, we had a group of people that one of the community building activities that we had happening in Lincoln was a group of folks who got together to play volleyball, which sounds like, oh, that's just recreation, right? But really, it's about community building and helping people to feel less isolated. So I do love the story of Robert, who's given me permission to use his story. Robert came out later in life and he is a man of faith and the bar scene was just not gonna work for him. That is not how he imagined meeting people. He wasn't comfortable in bars, that not his, you know, not a natural setting. And so, he was looking around for ways to make friends and decided to join this volleyball group that got together and said it was the first place he made other friends who identified on the LGBTQ spectrum who were just supportive, just like, you know, just accepted him for who he was at that point in his life and that it made a huge difference for him in that process and journey. So that's, you know, one way we've seen impact is on individual lives. Also, we've seen some impact with the advocacy work that we do behind the scenes. Sometimes we'll get contacted and somebody will say, I'm having this issue with this system or organization. And then we'll you know, reach out to that organization and sort of say, you know, Someone's contacted us about the way that you're processing this request or the way that you're handling this issue with them and they feel like, like it was insensitive or that you could do a better job. And can we talk to you about some ways that that might work better? And, you know, there have been a number of instances where we've been able to help an organization make some changes that then not only impact the individual person who's come to us, but then going forward to all the other people they're going to serve, right? And that is, that's a little bit of what we've also seen some impact there, so. That is some great impact to be making. Would you say in that example where you're working with other organizations to say, hey, do, are a lot of them unfamiliar or, they didn't even realize they were coming across that way. Are they open to that change? Some organizations are, and we've had actually really good luck so far. And it is a matter of not necessarily being aware of how a process might impact someone, right? They didn't know, well, for example, someone was requesting records that were stored under their name prior to their transition. 
they're a, a transgender person and they needed those records, but they were stored under the old name and they didn't really want to deal with that old name anymore. And so the system in question was sort of like that had never occurred to us and we don't really have a system in place. So we would have to create a different system for, you know, like keeping track of the old records, but also being able to attach the new name. And so it took some, it took the system some time to make those changes, but they were open and willing to do that. And that's been something that has been helpful. Now, you know, every system isn't going to be as open and as easily, um, we're not going to make changes easily. So we might need to engage other community members in a process, say, if we're trying to work with the school board somewhere or something like that, that isn't generally a situation where we can just walk in and say, hey, you need to make some changes. <laughs> that is kind of a situation where we need to do more community organizing and really getting other folks engaged. And that's an important place that our allies can come to play right? Because we know that in efforts to make changes in systems, it can't always only be the people impacted that speak up on the issue. We also need ally folks to speak up and to talk about why it matters, right? Why it matters to everyone and not just impacted people. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned that, Abby, is that there's this great framework that out Nebraska has put together and that people can rely on to support them for these things to, to have a voice, but it doesn't just include the people that are impacted. It includes allies as well. And you have a very large ally uh, network that is inclusive within out Nebraska, which I think is just fabulous. When you talked about Robert and the volleyball story, everybody is impacted by COVID-19 and this makes you know heart go out to, gosh, there's not any volleyball either and how important volleyball could be to somebody. So as we're in the midst of this COVID-19, I'm curious, how has this impacted the work that you're doing in addition to not having volleyball? Yeah. It's moved all of our community building to online spaces, right? We're utilizing a lot of Zoom, which we also recognize has some disadvantages, right? One of the advantages is that people from all over the state can participate in a game night that's online or a social hour, or we also do crafternoon once a month where people sort of work on craft projects together and hang out. And so it's great that anyone from anywhere can participate online, but it also is difficult for folks who maybe don't have reliable Wi-Fi or internet access, who, who struggle maybe paying for internet to have that access online. So, you know, moving things online is partially a a solution, but also creates barriers for other folks too, we know. But we have been having people attend those events, those virtual events, and we know that they have been really important. You know, one thing we know is happening that is really difficult is that for youth who are LGBTQ plus, 
a lot of times school was a safe space for them because maybe their families are not supportive. And with school not necessarily being in person, that has placed additional strain on LGBTQ plus youth who are, you know, in these unsupportive homes and have no peer-to-peer -peer support and are missing maybe that one supportive teacher they had, right? So yeah, it's it's been a challenge. COVID has really challenged us to be creative. And we're really focusing in on our partnerships with other organizations and, and working on those advocacy projects right now. And then maintaining those, those virtual spaces as best we can. Do you think, you know, I, I like to envision the world without the pandemic, without COVID-19, when we will get there someday. But do you think you'll take those lessons learned and about bringing maybe rural and metro people together? Will you continue some of those things that the pandemic yeah. has brought that are positive? You know, we might. We did our film festival is one of the biggest programs that we have. That's part of our Celebrate mission is to uplift LGBTQ culture and, and sort of help people know us better. So we do a big film festival called the Prairie Pride Film Festival. We've been doing it now 10 years. 2020 was our 10th anniversary. And because of COVID, we moved that to an online space and we had more viewers than we had had previously. People could, the way the platform worked is that they could stream and then broadcast it to their TVs or stream it through a smart TV and watch the films at home. And as we're looking ahead, you know, we may be keeping some aspects of the film festival as digital, uh, again, moving forward and just seeing how that works. And yeah, I could see how having a, an online social could perhaps continue as well, because we've had some people attend that online social that never attended in-person events, even though they live in Lincoln where our in-person events were happening. And we just find that that online space is maybe a little less scary for some folks who, you know, maybe have a hard time connecting with others or just feel like being out in the world is, is a little scary. So those online spaces maybe will continue. We'll, we'll have to see. And it's been a good way to organize people too. We've done some phone banking. And so People are making phone calls on their own phones, but they're hanging out together in a virtual space so that they have a feeling of being part of a team. And if they have questions where, while they're calling, they can talk with the organizer and be a part of it that way too. So there have been some silver lining things that have come out of COVID that we may continue on with. Great. So Out Nebraska has improved the lives of thousands of LGBTQ plus people. What are some of the greatest stories you have heard that demonstrate the outcome of your work? Oh, wow. <laughs> We've already heard some of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think 
A story from earlier in 2020 is one that I really lift up a lot. We did the first ever LGBTQ plus legislative day at the state capitol where we brought people from all over Nebraska to come and speak with their senators. The day started with some storytelling training. We had a panel and it was a full day of activities. And we had two young women come from a small town in Southeast Nebraska. They said it took them, you know, 45 minutes or so to come to Lincoln. Their teacher joined and they were sort of unsure about the process. They were really excited to be there, but they were sort of like, I don't know about this. So they went through the storytelling training and their senator, to his credit, actually came and spoke to them. We had people from 15 different legislative sessions or districts participate. And not everyone's senator was willing to come and speak with their constituents. So this particular senator did come out and speak to these young women. And just to watch them being so confident while they spoke to their senator. And then after we came back to our conference room where we were meeting, they sort of shared a little bit with the rest of the group you know, what it was like to live where they live and, and to go to school where they were um, going to school and what an impact it had made on them to be a part of this day and to be surrounded by other, there were like 35 people all together to be a part of that day and to know there were other folks doing, you know, who felt like this work was really important and who were supporting them and their efforts to, to speak up. I mean, just really, it was so rewarding to see them participating. I kudos to the senator who actually came to speak to them, right? Because not all of them, as I mentioned, not all of them were willing to do that. So just an amazing experience for those young women that they'll never forget. Yeah. And that they not only it's an unforgettable experience, but they can build upon it. And those things help build confidence in the future for them to do even more things out and about. So that is just a great story. So Yeah. Well, Abby, let's switch gears and talk about your story. Sure. How did your path lead you to this kind of work? Wow. So um, my, I have an undergraduate degree in social work. And while I was in school, I got really interested in macro work as opposed to micro work. So that just means really that I was more interested in impacting larger systems rather than working individually with individual people or individual families. And as I came out of school, I was sort of looking around at, you know, where could I plug in that would let me impact a larger system that also was a, a, a well-paying job that, that, you know, because part of my role in going back to school was to make a better life for my daughter. And I was a single mom when I started school and had come from a place of really difficulty in my childhood and in growing up. And I am, consider myself someone living in recovery from trauma 
And so uh, I went back to school with the idea of um, making a better life. And I sort of fell into a fundraising position at Friendship Home where I sort of thought, well, I can help all of the women living in the shelter by being a part of the fundraising effort. And I'm, I love meeting people like my number one Gallup strength is woo. And so it really like fundraising just really fit for me. And so I stayed in the fundraising and marketing branding world for nearly 20 years. I worked at a variety of nonprofits and just prior to being uh, the executive director of Out Nebraska, worked at Centerpoint, which is an organization that was really important to me in my journey of recovery. And I learned a lot being a part of that team at Centerpoint. And while I was working at Centerpoint, I was also engaged with OutLink, which was the name of Out Nebraska at that time as a leader of the board of directors and we were an all volunteer group and sort of this um, opportunity came along to hire for the organization to hire staff. And I jumped at the opportunity. I had sort of seen myself leading a small nonprofit at some point, like sort of saw that that pathway for myself as a career goal and I've always worked at organizations that held a special place in my heart. And so it just was, I mean, I talk about how fortunate I am to work and be paid for being professionally myself, right? Like I laugh, like I'm professionally gay <laughs> because I, I get to do this and it's, it's really amazing. So that is sort of how I fell into this work and just kind of stayed in it and grew professionally over the years. And being executive director is a challenge, but I'm enjoying it. Well, I have appreciated just knowing you over the years personally, Abby. And when I see someone that becomes an executive director who has a marketing, branding, fundraising background. I get very jazzed about that, obviously, right? Uh, with uh, being Kid Glove and, and working with nonprofits for as long as I have, I think that wearing or, or being the executive director and being knowledgeable about marketing communications is one of those things that has made Out Nebraska so successful. And not every executive director has the talents that you do in those arenas to, to make it happen. So congratulations on all of the advancement that you've been able to do. And of course, having a job that you love doing every single day. You should love what you do and you 100% do and you exude that uh, in your <laughs> position for sure. So. Abby, being that amazing leader that you are, what advice do you have for other leaders who want to inspire change? I think authenticity is huge, right? I've used that word a lot in our conversation, include encouraging people to live their authentic life. I just feel like it, other people are inspired when we allow ourselves as leaders to show Sometimes we're vulnerable, right? Like we don't always have all the answers. And sometimes 
we are um, struggling a little bit, right? So just to be authentically a leader, I think is really important. And especially I would say for anyone who identifies on the LGBTQ spectrum and is interested in leadership is if you can find ways to bring your whole self to your work, you will free up so much energy by allowing yourself to do that. And, you know, at this point in Nebraska, we have had some good news along employment lines because of a Supreme Court case we had this summer. And there is employment protection in Nebraska now as a result of that case. And so just really encouraging folks to, to live authentically. I love that. We talk a lot about in branding oftentimes is let's talk about our brands in a human context so people can relate to them. And I think that's exactly what you said. It's, it's showing yourself as human and doing that is showing your great side and maybe you're not so great side. It's being vulnerable out there. And, and I love what you said about bringing your whole self and being in an environment that it's comfortable to do that in. And I how we started this conversation today is that we want to achieve that everyone can do that. And so I just, I think that that is, is really great. Could you give us a few words of your own words of wisdom uh, that could serve as inspiration to our listeners? I saw this question in advance of our conversation and I've been trying to think about what, you know, what wonderful thing I would say. Um, I think One of the things that's been so important for me is being willing to do the work of healing myself, right? Because all of us have experienced things in our lives that that damage us in different ways, right? We're not broken though, but, but there is for a lot of people some healing they need to do and don't be afraid to do that work, like really dig into it because once you experience some of that healing, you will also free up so much more energy and, and you will um, shine in ways you didn't know that you could. Thank you for sharing those inspirational words. I'm just hearing that (laughs) is very inspirational for, for anyone. Uh, Cause you're right. Everyone has their own things that they've gone through and are still going through. And if you can face that in a way that you can go on and experience life to its fullest, I hope we all can do that. So thank you for those great words. So for our listeners who would like to learn more about your work and to support you, because fundraising is important, how can they find out more about Out Nebraska? We have a lovely website, which I want to say thank you to Kid Glove for working with us. <laughs> We're online at outnebraska.org. It's all one word. And there you can read a little bit more about our programs and event calendar that talks about the different things we have going on. And we have a donate page that you can access easily if you would like to support this work. So it's just outnebraska.org. We're also very active on Facebook 
if people are on that platform can find us. We're on Instagram and Twitter as well. And our handles are all at Out Nebraska. Wonderful. As we wrap up our time together today, Abby, what is the most important thing you would like our listeners to remember about Out Nebraska? We rely on community partners to make this work happen. Without partners, whether that is through financial partnership or being an outspoken ally, that's what powers this work. And so really encourage folks to get engaged and and help power this because Nebraska overall can be a better state for everyone. Abby, your story of leadership through adversity and your passion for achieving equality for all will inspire many. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Kelly. You've been listening to Agency for Change. If you're enjoying these inspiring stories, please subscribe. Is there a change maker you'd like to recommend for this podcast? Just visit the Kid Glove website at kidglov.com to share or to listen to more stories about the people behind positive change.